Yes. Test. 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 <clears throat> Say something. Test. <laughs> Welcome to the MovieVille.org podcast, episode number 41. No, I need, I need more. Welcome to the MovieVille.org podcast, episode number 41. To the MovieVilda.org podcast, episode number 41. Yes, yes. Oh, last one of the year. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for the present. <laughs> Why do you tell everyone what it was? <laughs> um, this, are you all right? Yeah. And you've been a bit ill recently, I, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. I'm, I was just recovering now. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. It's Star Wars... Um, written by Shakespeare, as if Shakespeare would have written it. I, I, I'm not going to read any out. It'll probably violate some copyright, but it's really cool. It's exactly what you think it would be. Um, the title of the first book, first play, sorry, is Verily, A New Hope. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so good. It's, thank you very much for that. Um, I hope you like your present. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which... Which I haven't bought yet. <laughs> so, uh, how we'll construct this? Because obviously, it's Christmas, and Christmas means Christmas means one thing. The one thing that I look forward to all year: Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we have uh, you know, thank you Disney. We have a, another film, um, which we've seen a couple of the times. Uh, we're going to talk about it, but some people, some strange people, not into Star Wars. They don't get it. They don't, you know, they don't like Captain Kirk and Jar Jar Binks and all this shit. Uh, <clears throat> which all oh, those things have nothing to do with Star Wars, in case you didn't know that. So we're not going to talk about Rogue One until the until later on in the podcast. So that way, people can listen to the more interesting things if they find those things more interesting, and then they can tune in later on. So I'm Kushal. I'm Curran. And this is episode 41. Yes. We're going to do a catch-up uh, of general things we've been watching. I don't know if we got enough information to talk about the new year. Then we're going to talk about Rogue One. Hey, do you realize that it's now been a year since we did the, the, like our first, like, the first episode of season two of the podcast? Yes. The first one that we did was Star Wars. And that was a year ago. And, and, and what have we done? What have we done? We've... What? In true Star Wars tradition, we have digitally re- digitally remastered oh, yeah. that first episode, <laughs> so it is now cleaned up, tidied up with our new you know audio processing skills, and you can uh, download episode one uh, thirty one again, uh, yes. and listen to it in in, uh, in a new level of glory. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, <coughs> okay. Uh, so where do you want to start? You've written Dark Horse comics. That's the Star Wars bit. Okay. So when we start talking about Star Wars, we can put that in. Cause well, what else? You, what have you been doing besides Star Wars? I've been doing quite a bit, it seems. Um, if because it, it feels like it's been a long time since we had a. It feels like a long time since we've had a podcast. It has been a while. Yeah. It's been over a month, hasn't it? Yeah, we were late with one, and then we yeah. just said, "Fuck it." Yeah. So we just kind of 
catching up, but it's a big one. So we're finishing off the year with a Star Wars, Star Wars podcast, yeah, which yeah. is, I think we'll technically be able to do this every year. Well, yeah. If it's up to Disney, it'll be the Marvel or um, Star Wars every year. Um, so yeah, I've been doing quite a bit. I've been researching on um, just kind of the next episode of the podcast, really, um, which will be uh, coming out early part of next year. And it'll be around um, the topic of music, hopefully. Topic of music and film and scores and tracks that are used in film and how the the track relates to the story and if it even relates to the story at all. Um, so I've been doing things like that, researching uh, about scores, composers, and also breaking down films. So something I've been wanted to do for some time, and we mentioned previously in the last episode that we were writing a web series. So trying to understand structures and how things are framed and how things are kind of written um, are one of the things I've been kind of uh, refining my skills on in the last month or so. Cool. That sounds like actual work. I've not been doing actual work. In the last podcast, I said I've had, I had had a good month. I lied um, <clears throat> at my work. They were uh, they are focusing and creatively restructuring for the future. Corporate talk. Yeah, it's corporate talk, but that means I possibly may not be there. Uh, but that's cool. Uh, I think the company's great and they they do good things. So let's see let's see where they go and what they decide to do. I'm still there for a while. Um, so then I've been chilling out because I didn't want to think about all that stuff. So I bought Ori and the Forest of Whatever, which is a pretty cool artistic game. I, the Blind Forest, I think it is. Uh, Witcher 3. Um, that's been fun. Very weird game. Hyper real looking characters and things. Um, I'll be fair, I was listening to an old episode of Harmontown. And Dan Harmon was going on about <laughs> Witcher 3. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to give that a go. Plus, it was on a Black Friday sale. Um, what have you been watching? Um, carrying on with Hell on Wheels and uh, started watching Narcos, actually, um, which is brilliant. Um, and it couldn't, we couldn't start watching it at a better time because all this research I've been doing about story structure and... And all the other film analysis stuff um, just kind of ties in with everything that I watch now. Um, there's these little nuances that kind of are just almost like, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. And and it's just a, a treat to watch. Um, I'm not an expert in analysis yet, but it's nice kind of trying to tie things to the things that I've read and watched. And um, yeah, Narcos primarily. And then we finished kind of, finished Suits off because um, that was kind of at the mid-season break and that was getting boring. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. You know when you watch a TV show and you kind of just want, to, want it to end? Yeah, you're watching you it don't want it to end? You want it to end. Really? Yeah. Like okay. you, just, you just kind of just want it to finish now because it's too much. Which one was that? Suits. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm yeah. just, we're on season six now and it's just like... Oh, God. Oh. I can't seem to see watch things past season three. I get kind of like... Even Greys, I think I got to season 113 of Greys. Uh, um, it seems to never end. Um, like, what, 12 seasons? Greys. Yeah. yeah, it could be. I, I don't think I got as far as 10. Um, yeah, cool. Okay. I mean, what have I been on? Uh, I saw some awful films. Some good films. 
been exploring Netflix a little bit. Um, do you like the Maze Runner films? I wouldn't say I dislike them. They're you know they're an easy watch. Yeah. Did you watch the Scorch Trials? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, it was a good. It's what people would describe as a popcorn movie. Okay. Why? I don't know. I think it was a really good story, badly put together. Oh yeah, no, yeah, definitely. The story is brilliant. I like the concept, but I feel like there was at least when the first one came out, there were too many kind of post-apocalyptic. Let's get rid of the kids <laughs> battle royale type films. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so so that's one of the things I was going to talk about. I, I watched Maze Runner films, Divergent series, Hunger Games. And I believe them all now. They're, the future's fucked. We're not. Nothing's. It's, it's not. No. No good is going to come of all, all the things we do. Um, <laughs> I don't. Why? Why are these films coming out everywhere? Yeah, I don't. I don't but I, that's why I kind of didn't. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but it was just like, okay, well, I've seen the Hunger Games. You've seen the Hunger Games. You've seen Divergent. You've basically seen um, Maze Runner because they all, to me at least, it seems like they all exist within the same universe, just in different parts of the world. Yeah. Or even within the United States, just in different states. So, so <clears throat> yeah, I took a break from that and I watched um, Miss Peregrine's Peculiar Cast. What, the, the film? The one that came out recently? Yeah. What was it like? It has a peculiar cast. Was it? Strange, or was it? Well, I think I apply a mental Bechdel test to these things, um, and it and, and as far as Bechdel goes, it was um, it was passing. Uh, but as far as this is, <laughs> the other, if you add other types of diversity <laughs> into films, as we, as we do with our special perspective, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's any there's like Samuel L. Jackson who is the bad guy in this film and apart from that everyone is uh not uh from <laughs> not black everyone is white very white and um it it suffers a little bit from that sort of thing that you know things like lord of the rings suffer from where if you have this fantasy adventure for some reason everyone needs to be white yes um and uh, that was kind of bugging me about it apart from that it was good it was a nice film it's entertaining it ends in blackpool which is very weird um i would like to watch another film like that not goldman's best work um but good i mean to make up for it i watched kingsman uh, which is an old film, Goldman two, two is, years old. Uh, Jane Goldman. Jonathan Ross's wife. I think, yeah, and I think she was Peregrine's Kick-ass? author. Yeah. Yes. Okay, have you seen Kubo and the True Strings? I have not. I know you, you keep you keep talking about this. Oh, uh, I can't really talk about it if you haven't watched it. But it's good. Okay. It's entertaining. It's different. It's very weird. Some people don't like it because they think it's weird. There's some strange things in that film. There's some gruesome stuff in that film. And it can kind of catch you off guard mm. uh and you might sit there watching it thinking huh <laughs> what what just happened there okay uh it's really good though i, I it's something very different uh, i feel like um the last uh film like that i saw and i can't remember if it was a, like a stop motion type thing was nine do you remember that film uh, i haven't i haven't seen it believe it or not that was a good film i enjoyed that 
Okay. Um, that reminded me. I'm not sure if it is the same studio or anything that did that, but we spoke about this. I think a couple of episodes ago, we um, who did the previous? Was it? Uh, this is this Caroline. Is the, yeah, Caroline Studios. Caroline Studios. Yeah. Um, no, but I've, it's on my list of, of films to watch. Okay, it was good. Uh, apart from that, general sci-fi binge. Um, um, I watched The Martian. Thoughts? It, nice futurism. It was, I thought it, it was an absolutely fantastic book. I'd been told to watch it because of friends who have read the book. They said, oh, read the book. It's better than the film. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to read the book. I've got time. So they said, well, read the film. So I did. <laughs> I also made the... Um, I took a lot of courage to do this. I watched Jupiter Ascending. I know. I know what happened. And then I went on YouTube and watched the clip of the Late Late Show, whatever it's called, where, um, what's the guy that presents it called? The English guy. Oh. Dude with glasses, right? No. Oh, James Corden. Yeah, James Corden. I can't remember. I can never remember his name. So, James Corden um, says to... uh, Mila, why did you make this film and what is it about? And it's part of his bet thing where you either answer a question or you eat a bit of random animal stuff that's on there. There's like a cow tongue in front of her. And she started answering the question and then she said, ah, and she ate the cow tongue. (laughs) And and I think that's a great summary of that film. I don't, I have no idea what's happened, why that film's been made. And, um, I know it's old and I just didn't get around to watching it, but seeing as we're talking sci-fi every now and then, I thought, let's give it a watch. It's rubbish. Luke Cage made up for that. Daredevil season two. These things are amazing. They're so good that Netflix should themselves get an award for how they're putting things together, what they're buying, what they're airing. It's just, I can't wait for Iron Fist and the rest. It's just, wow. Expanse. Have you seen Expanse? Actually, I started watching the first episode of that. Oh, that's good sci-fi. Um, I didn't realize it was still showing on TV or something. Expanse? Yeah. I don't know. Was it on TV? I, I saw an advert for it. No. It was on Amazon Prime as well, actually, which is interesting. Okay. Well, it's good. Yeah, I, I, I was enjoying it. and I, think I felt like I started watching it. I think it was in one of the mornings and I was like, this is probably something I need to watch. Sit down and watch, not like put in the background and watch kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I really wanted to kind of watch it and I was digging it. It felt felt like Mass Effect almost. Okay. So I really think this is, um, if you're a sci-fi fan, I think it's very, very good, very cool. And I think all sci-fi people, uh, even people who don't like sci-fi will love it, but sci-fi people especially because sci-fi has been evolving over the years and now there's a requirement that you have to... Um, deal with reality you have to deal with science you have to can't just railroad through these things you can't just you can't just pretend that you haven't discovered file compression and you can't compress a 400 pixel image and it takes like an entire tower and and bringing uh, let's talk about that later um (laughs) but you you and these guys do that in expanse they um they deal with gravity they deal with politics economics they deal with uh, biological effects of living in high and low gravity. They deal with all sorts of funky things. Um, and w- it's it's very good because the sciencey stuff and the space stuff becomes back, um, a backstory 
it fades into the background of great stories about great characters. Also, Thomas Jane is in this. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane is the Punisher. I know his name. Punisher. Did you ever watch the 2004 Punisher? Oh, yeah, what? He, yeah, he was in it. He plays... He was the Punisher. Who does he play? The Punisher. Oh, no, in the, I know in the he plays the Punisher. He doesn't play the Punisher in Expanse, though, does he? You never know. Well, he is a detective. Uh, what's his name? Detective Josephus Miller? Rings a bell, but... Don't he's remember. the main guy. Like, Well, he's the main guy. Uh, no. The first episode, he's, he's the dude who is... Chasing. Oh, him, him, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really like him. I don't. He hasn't been in a lot of things of like uh, as of late. He's good things. So, um, did you ever watch a show called Hung? Hung. Yeah. Not sure what to say. Is it's probably what you're thinking it is. What? Yeah, it's about a dude. It's really not. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane plays a male gigolo because he's struggling for money. Okay. It was a HBO show, I believe, but it was it was brilliant because he's, there was nothing on TV like that at the time. Um, but it yeah, was. Yeah, it sounds like it shouldn't be on TV. HBO. That's not TV, is it? <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah. Um, it's an old show that they stopped it. No, cool. All right. Well, I would, if I ever come across it, I will try and watch it without people watching me watch it because that might be embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> Good, good. Twenty sixteen. I mean, twenty sixteen has been pretty shit for me- various reasons, but well, let's not go into that. Um, yeah, we have another podcast for that. Yeah, <laughs> eventually we will release those episodes. What? What do you think of uh, twenty sixteen regarding TV and movies? Man, um, it's kind of a given, really. But it, it, I think it each year, at least the last couple of years, have been brilliant for film and TV and. The next couple of years are just going to be as big. Um, I mean, if just we do a quick rundown of what's coming out in the next couple of years, we've got Ragnarok coming out, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, next episode of Star Wars, the Han Solo standalone film. Um, oh, I don't know about that. But Infinity yeah. War in two years. Yeah. Um, Spider Man is that next year. Uh, what else is that? Uh, Logan's out in March. So I mean, any next- non-comic films coming out? <laughs> Star Wars. That's the comic film. Um, oh, Assassin's Creed. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Assassin's Creed looks okay. Not I mean, it's not the point, of the point of this podcast. It's just it, you know we kind of we're supposed to geek out on geeky things. Like we're allowed to, we're allowed to talk about just Star Wars and comic books, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen the second season of Mr. Robot? Uh, we started watching that. Um, but that's kind of like on our list of... We're kind of prioritizing what we're going to watch first. And at the moment, it's Narcos. Uh, Narcos and... Uh, Are you up to date on Westworld? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was good. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was brilliant. The um, Best thing this year? Current top 10? Out of TV shows? Yeah. Current top 10. Current yeah. top 10, definitely. Um, that well, top alone. three. Let's do top three. It's so gonna be easier. Okay, you go first. Oh, Westworld, number one. Yeah, but it's weird. See, because I sat down with the other half, and she said, "I don't like this. Boring." 
So what are we talking about? It's not boring. It's just like, you know, it's, it's just, it's, what? It's like the singularity AI, the development of these, it's just, in this, there's intrigue, there's murder. She goes, I don't relate to any of the characters. I'm just watch it by itself. Which is a valid thing because, you know, mm. if you don't relate to the characters, you can't enjoy it. But does she like Game of Thrones? Yeah. Who does she relate to Game of Thrones? Um, I don't know. I think she just likes watching Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> he puts a really good English accent on him. He's relaxing. Yeah, happy. yeah, it's insane. Anyway, yeah. um, is it as good as Mandu Bennett's? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do so, it. So, um, Westworld, I think is, and I'm going to stand by this. I still think it's better than Game of Thrones, um, in so many ways. Yeah, it is relevant. Um, it is not. It's not just mindless. Okay, I'm not, I can almost maybe. I don't want to say mindless violence because that's not all Game of Thrones is. It's, it's a lot more than that. But yeah, it's mindless boobs. Mindless. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, What's got more boobs? Game of Thrones, <laughs> probably geeks and perverts. <laughs> Hey, I'm not a pervert. I'm just watching the programs. They, they, with I, boobs. With, yeah, a lot. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to talk about that. Uh, Jessica Jones, to me. Brilliant show. Right uh, up there. Still yeah. the best thing Marvel has um, put together. Yeah, actually, it's a good point. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, me and you, I think we were talking about this. Uh, and uh, of all the Marvel things I've watched, I've always kind of felt like there was something missing from the films I've watched. They have, they've never been perfect. They've been well-rounded off. There's always been something missing from them. Whereas when I watched Jessica Jones and Daredevil, um, they felt almost perfect. They felt well-rounded off. They're, I didn't feel like, kind of like, is that it? Whereas when I watch Marvel films, it's almost as though, well, I want, I kind of want more, not in a, Oh, I want more, I want more, like out of anticipation. I want more because I didn't feel You're like... turning me on now, come on. <laughs> I didn't feel like it was enough, you know? Uh, and I always, I didn't get that vibe. I didn't get that feeling from watching Jessica Jones or feeling, watching Daredevil. They put everything in there that they needed to put in there. Um, and it, it didn't leave me feeling unfulfilled at the end. <laughs> um, I, I'll tell you something that uh, will leave you feeling fulfilled. Go ahead. Have you watched Luke Cage? I have not watched Luke Cage. It's my number two. Okay. Okay. I think if there's people that haven't watched Luke Cage, um, especially looking at the state of the world around us, I think if they want to exercise um, their cerebral matter and try and adopt a different perspective, and that is the thing I've noticed people don't do when they watch Luke Cage. They don't understand what they're watching. But if people can try and adopt a different mental perspective and watch Luke Cage and try and really get into it, they'll experience something phenomenal. Luke Cage is what we've been waiting for for a long time. I think society needs it. America needs it. The world of superheroes definitely needs it. Um, he is amazing. I talked about him last podcast. I'm not going to talk about it more now, but uh, it's so good. Just gotta watch it. I think I'll watch it over the festive period. I need to talk to you about. I, I want you to watch it first, then we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. 
It's funny, actually, side note, I want to cut this bit out, but I was thinking about a discussion we can have about how much it frustrates me that, and I'm starting to realize this, how much impact my skin color has on the things I do. You have to cut that out. You can leave that in. That's interesting. It's an interesting reflection for the year because that's why we keep talking about doing the other podcast. It's, I, I really, are, there, are there things that you can mention? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to point out, I want to bring up my vlog, my, my YouTube channel for, for one. And I had the sudden realization that if one of my white friends had produced a vlog yeah. of perhaps equal... Um, Wait, hang on a minute. You have white friends? I don't know if I do or not anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, if they produced uh, a you know set of videos of of equal or perhaps lesser quality, um, not to say that mine is you know, the, the best quality, but just for argument's sake, and they put it out, I would think that they would get more traction on their videos than I would on mine. Ooh, ooh. This well, is why. Basically, why is that? I just I didn't. <clears throat> You're right. Sound like you just died there. <laughs> I just, I just. Oh. Um, I don't know. This is probably a longer discussion that we have to have, but it was just my initial thoughts. Um, and I, I have to say, like everything you've been saying, you know, how how you basically were were brought, uh, how you how you grew up in an in, a, in an area where there were no other Indian people. Yeah. Um. It's very educational. Yeah. Whereas I wasn't, we spoke about this briefly in a previous podcast, where I, I grew up in a in a community where they were full of, you know, where it was full of Indian people and, and whatever. But I'm growing up in a world similar to yours, how you grew up when you were a kid. Well, because of uh, increasing globalization and all that kind of stuff, and you're broadcasting to a community that's um, less diverse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whilst I grew up in a localized community where Brown Town. Right. The broader community, yeah. i.e. the world, is not so much what I grew up in. Yes. So it's Especially recent times. Yeah, and, and it's almost frightening. We've somehow managed to merge into the other podcast. We should move out. This this should be cut. Just take this whole section out and put it in the other podcast. Yep, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Well, we could leave it in there. People would just be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. Bloody We've been victims. drinking. All these diverse people who are victims saying that they live in a less privileged world. Yeah, all right. Let's talk about it another time and focus on nice things like films that make everyone united into a big, lovely community. Yes. Which is what we should try and build in 2017 because 2016 has been a bit of a fuck up in Absolutely. that area. Yep. Okay. Are we finish talking shit about everything else i can i can see that you're itching to talk about <laughs> star wars so i'm going to leave it to you for the for this for this no, opening no. part well, i'll just ramble on for about three no, no. hours okay so you were you were gonna before we started recording kushal was telling me about um how star wars began as a comic and i didn't um there were star wars comics for for many years i can't remember if it was dark horse or black horse comics or whoever and then, and then marvel uh sort of well marvel didn't have the marvel uh, got the thing later on and then Disney took over Marvel so now it's just Disney comics um, there's some weird things in those old comics things that don't even make sense um, think, things about lightsabers that don't make sense um, 
Did you have any questions from the last time we spoke about this after we saw the film the sec- first or second time that we could start with? I mean, what did you think of this this uh, this this film? By the way, if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're now we've now moved on to the section of the podcast called Rogue One One Road. Or what should we call it? Rogue Oneopolis. Rogue Rogue to nowhere. Rogue One to nowhere. Rogue One something. I'll think of a clever pun. Okay. Cool. Uh, as long as we tell people that if they haven't seen it, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. Well, right hey, now. I mean, look, when we did um, last year's, it was called a spoiler awakened. So if it's not in the title, then they'll listen to it. But if we put it in the title, then yeah, if you haven't seen Rogue One, then this podcast has ended for you right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. What did you think? I thought it was waiting a long time for this. Um, yeah, we were supposed to record a couple of days ago, but things happened. Um, Rogue One. Oh, I, I have to say, I wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I wa- I wasn't an, an anticipating this as much as I was anticipating Episode Eight, Seven, Seven. Uh, um, and Force Awakens for me was a huge experience because I felt like how you probably did when you first watched like the A New Hope or Star Wars as it was back then, because um, this is the first Star Wars that we have, which is for our generation it's the new star wars and they've kind of brought it into our generation and it's all stuff but this hang on your generation had episode one two and three what are you talking about i don't know what you're talking about that their films i don't remember (laughs) okay um but um rogue one was was something completely different and it felt it still felt like a star wars film but there was still you know, things missing, which isn't a bad thing because they were kind of almost trying to shy away from it being a quote-unquote Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, one of the most notable things was the music, which was strangely <laughs> absent. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it was... It, it, didn't, <laughs> it was like kind of Star Wars, but not Star Wars. Yeah, it didn't start off with a signature crawl. It just kind of went straight into the film, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, because it does really set it apart from the film, but it also, what it did now, it, it gives, we have, we now have a, a bridge um, and almost a, a head nod to episode three and four, you know, whereas Star Wars fans, or many Star Wars fans, let's say, I'm not going to generalize, many Star Wars fans didn't give yeah. a crap about the first, sorry, the, the prequel trilogy, but now yes, there's true. almost a, a sense of respect, like, these things actually happen, so respect it or not, they're still there. And they've almost went to the next level and introduced characters that we saw from these ep- these episodes, um, which is cool, which is brilliant, because the, whilst the films, you know, they're, they're not the best sets of films in the world, the stories are still there, and the stories are kind of what, I guess, you should watch the film for. Two, two and three are okay. Yeah, no, uh, not so much two, three. Okay, um, is that because in three, he actually shows emotion? That's yeah, that was uh, that was funny because I remember watching one, two, one to three back to back, um, like through like a third or fourth watch, I think it was, and I tried so hard to kind of find some kind of emotion from Hayden Christensen, and I really liked that guy, but it was just so hard to like him because he was just so shit in those films, man. It pissed me off. I thought he was going to be revealed as a droid. Or something. Do you think? Uh, but then the droids in Star Wars have charisma, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's not going to be uh, an option. 
what, so what did you like about this film? Well, I mean, you know, what, to, you, you talk about your perspective and what did you, was there any questions that were raised in your head? Was there, um, what do you think it was about? So there were several, there were several things uh, I loved about this film. Um, <coughs> I liked that it was, um, it was well-rounded film. It wasn't like a, oh, this is a cliffhanger. You're going to have to wait till next year to, you know, see what happens. It kind of thing It's just, we knew what it was and it kind of set out to be, uh, um, you know, an in-between story. And that's exactly what it was in terms of questions that I had. I suppose I see this film as a, as a Star Wars film that everybody can watch and you don't have to have watched, you know, all the ones to understand everything because it was, it's a great standalone film and it works as a great standalone film, um, which is another thing I love about it because it doesn't, it doesn't, um, uh, it, do you think Rogue One works as a standalone film? Yeah. Do you think people have enough? I don't know. I, I think people who have seen all the films might be biased. It'd be good to talk to people that have never seen any other films before and see if they think. Okay, so if we look agree. at it from this perspective, it's a film, right? Fundamentally, it is a film about a young girl who is setting out on a journey Yeah. to, um, I don't know, it almost seems as though she's trying to absolve her father of the crimes that he's committed, quote unquote crimes. Okay, so the feeling I got was that she didn't set out on the journey, she was put on a journey and she was given an option to either go back to jail or help these people try and contact her dad. Yeah? yeah so yeah, it, yeah, it feels like the motivation was was for her to meet her dad again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and almost it was another, I guess, following that is a story of her kind of missing the feeling of being home and having that feeling that, you know, and almost the excitement that she had with her dad and that comforting feeling that she doesn't have anymore um she's clearly damaged now she's you know the absence of her dad has kind of left her i don't know um hungry yeah in a way <laughs> yeah no, i agree um okay so the key point key um um plot point um her dad dies she falls, kind of falls apart. But before that, when she hears his message and then her reaction to him when before she was acting like she would rather he was dead, says that her character has changed there and she's suddenly prepared to fight for something. But it didn't come across to me. This is, these are my problems with the film. It didn't come across. It came across like she ended up going on a mission of vengeance and they was able to use the rebellion to enact that event, that vengeance, yeah. which is weird. Um, I didn't, I didn't so much. There was a couple of bits I didn't buy so much from the film. There was when she gets, when she gets captured by um Saw Guerrero's men, and she's like, "Don't." Basically, she's like, "Don't touch me." Uh, Don't fuck with me. Yeah, basically, what she said. I'm thinking to myself, "Wait, <laughs> hold on a second. Have you had any contact with this man in the last however many years? How do you know what he's like now?" You, there was a big assumption from her behalf. Assuming that Saul Guerrero was just going to keep her alive and whatever, he's allegedly this uh, um, fugitive. And and she's almost acting as though he's one of his best friends. 
I didn't so much buy that because it, she was. That scene was a bit too cocky for me. Yeah, there were lots of things which didn't quite work. Things that were sort of attempted but not followed through. There wasn't enough background. There wasn't enough foreshadowing, and then there wasn't enough follow through. So little things like mechanics, like Sol Guerrero breathing into his mask and emitting the same sort of asthmatic noise of the breather as Vader, almost as if to imply that he was becoming the thing he was fighting. Now, that's quite a deep thing, but he's not the protagonist. He's not the protagonist, and that isn't about character or belief or how that character uh, impacts Jin. Um, there was no evidence that she's come into contact with Vader for her, for that to mean something to her, and her antagonist actually wasn't Vader. It was Krennic and um, um, CG Cushing. Yeah, that was another thing. It was cool. It was cool what they did with the CG characters, but I'm not sure if it if it might have been too much. I. I I said to you when we were watching this film, oh, after we watched it, I felt like I was watching a, a cutscene from Battlefront. <laughs> it was a, okay, yeah, there was a bit of, there was a lot of Star Wars masturbation uh, in this film. There was, uh, and it felt like it was started off called a Star Wars story as if it's not canon, and then they didn't put the music in, and it seemed to be, as you're going along, it seems, feels like it's a story that happens on the side, and now it starts to become more and more of a main story, and now they're recreating not only camera shots, but actual scenes from episode four, and they're just rebuilding episode four right in front of you. And then just to finish it off, just put the original characters back in at the age that they were in. Even though I, I it's like I can imagine some producer saying, well, well we need, we need Grand Moff Tarkin. Get the guy that played Grand Moff Tarkin. No, we can't. He's dead. Well, I don't care. Just sort it out. How are we going to sort it out? He's dead. Just make him. <laughs> make him. So they made him. Yeah. Same thing probably happened to Leia. Carrie Fisher's probably there, and the guy's saying she doesn't look the same. So, can you can you make her about forty years younger? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, I'm going to say one more thing, and then we'll get into some of the good things. Uh, <laughs> I'm a technologist. I am a technologist. Um. Lots of people are technologists. Lots of people know how to use WinZip. They know what zip means. It means file compression. They know how big a file is when it's a video. Um, they Lots of people know that 3D stuff is just coordinates and, you know. <laughs> the, the, core, the core plot point of its story was that they couldn't transmit some file because a bunch of files because it was too much data. And then they show it on these antiquated 400 pixel little monitors I mean, these guys can put a Death Star through hyperspace, but they can't handle the file compression. <laughs> what, the, what is going on? And their screens and monitors are so small. I mean, you know, they've got holograms for fuck's sake. They must have gone through the LED and LCD revolution first. What is going on with this technology? So I think there's an element of trying to hang on to making it look like the past that's just kicking them in the balls. And I'm sure there must be a technologist saying, seriously? You can't well, just put it what put it on your phone and send it with a drone. There's no drones. What's going on? That really yeah, that annoyed me. Um, See, you're not a technologist, and that annoyed you. Yeah, because it was like, hold on a second. You've got 
you, how do you how do you justify something like that? You just said like you can put you can build a goddamn Death Star. You can build a Star Destroyer. You have how many Star Destroyers do they have? Like a, a, hundreds, loads, loads. Like you have a shitload of Star Destroyers, and yet you find it difficult, or you can't find a an easier way to transfer data files across rather than plugging a hard drive into a a tower and transmitting it through basically radio waves, which is what it's now. Doing. I can, I can buy. The transmission problem. If let's let's go science fiction for a second, yeah. If there was a thing, if there was a thing, um, where you couldn't transmit radio waves because a shield actually shielded a planet from electromagnetic waves, then I can see how that could be a problem. Yeah, you want to physically get the data there somehow, or you need to open, you need to get rid of the shield and transmit. Fine. Once the shit's been transmitted to a ship and there's another smaller ship plugged into the big ship, you'd assume that there was a data connection between them. A fairly localized data connection, not a Wi-Fi based one, not a radio based one. Wi-Fi doesn't exist. So why do you need a guy legging it across one ship trying to get to another ship with the data on the thing? Because, I mean, they're all your ships. You could just transmit it from one ship to another. You, you know, is is there? I okay. Maybe there was. Can, can we also, for a second, acknowledge oh. that how the shit <laughs> did that data transfer to that ship only, and not any of the other ones? Only Radis was paying attention, really. <laughs> that's a really niggly thing, but you know. That's... Yeah, there was there was lots. It was very. It was actually very Disney, very Hollywood, very fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, because it's that whole thing that I talked about when we talk about Mr. Robot where they're not respecting technology. And you have to, just like you have to deal with scientific things that we know about, therefore you have to put them in, like momentum, that was good, like momentum, momentum um, gravitational effects and all this kind of stuff. You have to do the same with technology. You, if you include a technology, you have to talk about the before, the after. Yeah, I mean, you've got droids everywhere. They're probably going to be handy for this kind of stuff. Okay, enough, enough. Yeah, all right. Why did they make this film? Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, to answer it in the crudest sense, money. Um, <laughs> but I mean, other than kind of bridging the, I think it was almost to shut people up to, to almost to bridge the third and the fourth ones together. Um, and I think it did that beautifully, brilliantly. I'm going to say there was more to it. Okay. The floor is yours. <laughs> okay. I think there's a lot a lot of stuff we're talking about three and four and how this is as a film and whether it works, whether it bridges, etc., etc. I I think I think a lot of people are missing stuff. They're missing the holistic picture. You have to have been watching some of the subtler things in Force Awakens and you have to have been listening to the dialogue and watching the subtleties on Rogue One in the film and possibly watching Rebels, the TV series, and you'll start to see certain things come together. There was a question that was raised. Um, Why does Kylo Ren's lightsaber look fucked up? It's all fuzzy around the edges. Uh, and we didn't talk about an episode, was it 31? 
We didn't talk about um, lightsabers much. We talked about some other stuff. And, and in, interrupt me um, with questions as I go along, and I'm going to try and talk about this as briefly as I can, but with some a little bit more detail. Um, and, and I'm hoping that some people will enjoy it, and it may help enhance the story world um, of Star Wars, because that's what we love. We love the story. We love the world. Yeah. We love the characters, and there's more to it. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Go for it. I don't know. We've already talked about this a little bit. Spoiled it, which you shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say you asked me originally about Kylo Ren's lightsaber and it was fuzzy. Yes. Okay. It was a big deal. It was a point. It was the way it was uh, symbolic in the film. Yeah. Especially with his mission and what he wanted to do. Yes. And it was red. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another thing that happened in Force Awakens was. Ray had an incident, had an incident with Anakin's lightsaber. Anakin's blue-bladed lightsaber, the one that fell out of Bespin, the Cloud City thing. Yes. That was a thing in the film. Okay. You mean Luke's? Yeah, but that was Anakin's. Oh. Really? Yeah. Because where did Luke get it from? Oh, yes. Uh, from Kenobi, yeah. Kenobi, Kenobi one. Kenobi one. <laughs> yeah. So, there's a weird lightsaber thing going on there, but I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a second. Hold that thought. Let's jump to Rogue One. No, let's jump to the latest book, Ahsoka. I can't remember if it's out yet. Do you know who Ahsoka Tano is? From Clone Wars. She is Anakin's Padawan. She's Anakin's Padawan. And she kind of disappears and goes off and does her own thing. Oh, for fuck's sake, if you haven't watched Clone Wars and I'm spoiling this, then I think you got a text message. If you, <laughs> if you haven't watched Clone Wars and I'm spoiling this, that I'm really sorry. It's been out long enough. Where can we watch Clone Wars? From your latest Cody install? <laughs> well, I'm not sure what. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Disney occasionally rerun it on Disney XD. Um, you can buy it uh, from all good places. That's what the people say, don't they? Um, or if you know me, uh, you can borrow it from me because I I'm not going to talk about that yet. I can get help. I can I can enable you to watch it, and you should. But really, what you should do is buy it because it's worth it and you'll finance the studio in Singapore that made it because they make amazing things. They're making Rebels now. So, Ahsoka went off. She came back. She came back and she's now got two. She's now old, older, an adult, yeah? And she's got two white lightsabers. White lightsabers. Okay? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that book cover. That looks really badass. Is that the book cover? I've not seen that. Yeah, that's cool. So, that's happened. Yeah, remember what I said. Think about all these holistically. Think of all of them at the same time because we're happening at the same time. Yeah? And now we have Rogue One. And what is the story of Rogue One? Well, we have Jin. Jin Erso, who is 
um, the daughter of the person who worked on uh, the Death Star? No. All right. <laughs> he is she. He is the person that worked on the Death Star. But specifically, what is his job? What does he do? He designed it. No. He's the architect. He's a Kyber crystal expert. Okay. Okay. Does that mention the film? She calls her Stardust. He, he, sorry, he calls her Stardust. And he talks about how Kyber crystals, uh, uh, it's insinuated that they're formed of chemicals which are born in the center of stars. He gives her a small Kyber crystal which is symbolic at the beginning of the film of how the, the mother wants the force to look after Jin. And the symbolism behind that is here is a kyber crystal. Here is an embodiment of the force that will look after you. Put it, puts it around her neck. And she grabs it whenever she prays in the film and, and, and she passes a prayer. Now, you know, I, you know me, I'm not a religious person and Star Wars is just a story. And... It's unique in that in the Star Wars universe, for their religion, which is the Force-enabled religion, there is actually fucking evidence that it exists because people use their mind to move shit. So if you had evidence, then you believed in the thing that you've seen evidence for. That would actually make sense. But when there's no evidence and you believe in some shit, that's not something I'm a fan of. So just keep that in mind when you hear me talking about all these belief things. Uh, <laughs> belief with evidence is a, is a great thing. So, kyber crystals. What's the next thing that happens? Off they go to Jeddah. And they see the guy that attacks Luke in episode four. Who remarkably must have gotten a ship pretty fucking quickly because Jeddah was blown up by the Death Star. And the guy was there. The guy. The guy. What, 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 what happened there? Yeah, the guy was there. But there she meets a guardian. And not a force wielder, but he seems somehow force sensitive and he's blind, but he can see her kyber crystal. And the only reason they come into contact with each other is because he calls her over and he says, you, the girl with the necklace, with the crystal, come here. Yeah. And they have a brief conversation about kyber crystals. And then, of course, these people are fighting life and death over what they're doing to this place. This place. This city that's the last um, standing symbol of, of the Jedi. And they're stealing kyber crystals because they need to use them to build this new weapon called the Death Star. And no one, no one, you don't, no one, if you watch this film and you haven't seen Star Wars, you won't see a lightsaber. You won't see a lightsaber until the very last scene. And in that very last scene, you see someone who is bonded with his lightsaber obliterate these soldiers these these uh, rebel officers like they're made of nothing yeah now i'm going to ask you a different question rather than bridging three and four how does th how does rogue one frame the meeting with ben kenobi when luke first is handed a lightsaber and switches it on how is that scene suddenly framed? How is the story of Vader framed when you've just watched Rogue One? It just provides context of, I don't know, uh, 
of how I don't know a lightsaber works, I guess, and how it relates to its owner, how it links, I don't know, how's the connection to it and its owner? Is that okay? I think it goes one step further. I think what happens is that you see this lightsaber scene that's pretty gruesome, and then you watch in the film, and the next time a lightsaber appears, it's this kid just waving around like a fucking torch. <laughs> you're like dude what are you doing and and it kind of suddenly you you've seen how lethal this thing can be before you encounter it in episode four if you if you were to watch them because it kind of feels like rogue one is now the first film yeah so i'm going to rewind all the way back in time and talk about where these crystals came from because why did jedis use lightsabers yeah you can stop me anytime if you think this is boring, going to be boring no, the no, shit no. out I'm, of people. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about that. It might be boring people, but I'm not. I'm bored. I'm interested. Okay, please continue. <laughs> so you have to rewind back about forty-seven thousand years to the beginning of everything in the Star Wars universe, and there was a bunch of people that could. Um, that were force sensitive and they were studying the force and they could feel this sort of sensitivity with some people who could do funky tricks with their mind and other people that couldn't. And they started studying it. And these monks, um, they, they became an order of monks and they were called the Order of the Dai Bendu. And the Dai Bendu eventually, uh, as they moved around and researched, they found these this, these obelisks, um, which they became, were like portals that transported them to a planet called Titan. I don't know how they knew it was called Titan. Maybe they called it that. With two moons. And the planet seemed to enhance their force abilities. So they were able to settle there and um, make themselves more powerful and experiment and learn about the force. And they used normal knives and weapons and things and became force sensitive and projected the force through these things and learned how to tame these um, like incredibly dangerous animals and learn all about how life, universe and everything works in regards to the force, <coughs> which is nice. They had two moons, a dark moon and a light moon. The light moon was called Ashla, and I think the dark moon was called Bogan. And if you became too positive, you're sent to the dark moon. If you said if you became too negative, you're sent to the light moon. And it's supposed to balance you because you're not supposed to restrict yourself from doing things. You're supposed to just maintain an even keel, maintain balance between the good and bad. But of course, there they were then attacked and things went wrong and wars started. They were attacked by aliens who now these aliens defeated the original order of the Dai Bendu and another bunch of people who were, who set out to defend people against these violent people uh, emerged and they were called um, the Jedi, the precursors of the Jedi. And the thing they did was they took up the weapons that these aliens were using and they were beam weapons, basically lightsabers, and they learned about them and they learned that these things have crystals inside them. And those crystals seem to collect force energy, which allows them to become powerful. So this thing about, you know, we are so many stupid documentaries out there. How would a lightsaber be made? How could you make a lightsaber? Now, you're missing the theology of Star Wars. The theology of Star Wars is that the life form that no one talks about is the one that is formed when you make a kyber crystal. And that is the reason why it carries force energy and a wielder of a lightsaber is chosen by a kyber crystal and then bonds with the crystal. And there's two or three different types of crystals. There's these things called, I think, Adagan crystals and there's Ilium crystals. And Ilium was one of the places that was featured in the Clone Wars. 
and Vader has an Adagan crystal in his kick-ass lightsaber. Um, and those are very, those are powerful and they're stable and you can bond with them. Now, over time, the Sith didn't have access to these, so they learned how to make synthetic crystals. But before they did that, when they had regular crystals, they used to bond with the, 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 the blades and they would make they would do evil things with these blades. They have this evil intent. And as they bonded with the crystal, the crystal was said to bleed on the inside. Obviously, it doesn't actually bleed. It was said to bleed. And the energy beam, the saber, would go red. And they were called bloodshine blades. So when the Sith started creating synthetic crystals, these synth crystals, they could make them any color they wanted because Luke used a synth crystal to make his Return of the Jedi green saber. But the Sith maintained that red color almost as a, as a, as a cultural head nod to Sith of, of, of the past. Yeah? Synth crystals are more powerful but unstable which could help explain the dirty mess that is Kylo Ren's blade. Yeah? The next thing. If you are not a person that uses dark shit, the dark side, and you recover a crystal, a kyber crystal that was bonded with a Sith, and you coax it into recovery, possibly even rebuild the lightsaber, you can recover the blade and the blade goes white. So the inference is that Ahsoka's white blades are because she has recovered these uh, uh, actual kyber crystals from some Sith that, that had mutated them. It also suggests that she is the most neutral person because she's neither Jedi nor Sith, and almost as if she's rediscovering the ways of the 47,000-year-old monks. And so this whole background and theology is now beginning to leak into these movies that are canon that never talked about these things. And they said, yeah, those things, that's just expanded universe crazy shit. But hang on a minute, they're making lightsaber films. The Kyber Crystal in Anakin's lightsaber called out to Rey the way the crystals in the temples of Ilium, the ice crystals of Ilium, Jedi would walk in there and a crystal would call out to them. In exactly the same way, Anakin's kyber crystal called out to Rey. So I think Luke's going to hand it straight back. Because she seems to be bonding with it. So I think this is the story that's being told. That's not being told directly. It's being told indirectly. And it's the story of how these crystals are the embodiment of the Force because of the life energy that's collected inside these crystals. And how they are, the crystals themselves um, manifest the battle between, you know, good and evil. And w would lead this, uh, these people back to a balanced place. So fundamentally what you're saying is that Rogue One, I don't disagree with you here, is basically about lightsabers. Weirdly, lightsabers are conspicuous by their absence until the climax of the film. And it's well, not until the okay, climax. Okay, I take that back. It's not, sorry, I take that back. It's not the climax until the icing at the, on the cake at the end of the film. And it's not until this point that we see... I don't want to say the true extent of the lightsaber's power because it's not... But it, it quite possibly is. You see someone bonded with the lightsaber. Yeah. 
which is yeah. uh, because a lot of people haven't seen Vader in full effect. Mm. Yeah, the, he he's described a certain way in the books, and that scene was one of the first times you see Vader being yeah. Vader. Yeah, and 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 it was still mellow. I'd say it was still still mellow because he was taking out Imperial soldiers. Mm. In the books, he does that to entire villages of people, regular people, children, mothers, whoever, and just you know like picks them up and pulls them towards him and slices through them as they're coming in and all sorts of wrong stuff. Nice. Much worse than robot chicken. <laughs> that was actually one of my questions. Uh, yeah. Which one? Not the robot chicken one. About how he is in the book. Um Okay. But yeah you've Yeah he has flashbacks. He thinks about he has Anakin flashbacks basically. And he thinks about certain things. And it's almost as if the Emperor sees that as resistance and always sends him off to do something really wrong whenever that happens, which is, which is cool. I'm looking forward to uh, reading more about Ahsoka. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching more films about lightsabers. It's a bit of a random theory, I admit. Random, but it makes sense. Um, here's something else. When we were, uh, for those who watched the film... Um, when Jin and uh, Captain what's his face Andor <laughs> whatever his name is Cassian or whatever Cassian yeah um, Prince Caspian um, Prince Caspian Prince Caspian yep. um, when they're in the Data Tower and they are trying to find um, <laughs> the Data Tower whatever it was called yeah uh, and they're trying to find the hard drive which is what it looks like <laughs> the giant hard drive the giant hard drive which contains the plans on them um Jin's going through a list of code names. One of them obviously was Stardust. Mm. And then she mentions a bunch of other ones. I don't know if you picked up on these. She mentioned, yeah. Uh, Project Dark. Again. Again. How in your face does this stuff have to be? Project Black Saber. Now, Project Black Saber, I would put money down, refers to something called the Dark Saber. And the dark saber was this weird lightsaber that seemed to invert light. So when you look at it, it had a black blade. And it was kept in the bottom of the old Jedi temple in the Old Republic. And it was stolen by Mandalorians who used it against Jedi for years and years and years. Uh, until it was recovered by um, your friend and mine, Darth Maul. Um, and there's more on that in Rebels. So I'm not going to talk about that because you can watch Rebels and enjoy it because it's great. Clone Wars and Rebels both featured the dark saber actually. So, I, I don't know. I, I think it was put in there just to continue the whole theme about sabers um, because it would make sense that Galen Urso. What's his bloody name? Galen Urso. Hannibal Lecter. It would make sense that Hannibal Lecter was studying all sources of all types of lightsabers and all uses of these crystals. Uh, I think what's very interesting is that he picked natural kyber crystals that he decided to mine to create a stable Death Star. So therefore, it sounds like if they just synthesized, made a factory and synthesized millions of synth crystals, they'd have a more powerful Death Star, but it would probably be grossly unstable and almost dangerous. This seems to be the, the message I'm getting that they must have people looking at. So is it safe to say um, that we should expect 
some of this stuff to be covered in the next Star Wars film. I mean, don't know. The stuff was alluded to in Force Awakens, and it's been alluded to in Rogue One now. When I say it's been alluded to in Force Awakens, obviously, Jin. I can't. Am I? Am I? Can you hear me properly? Yeah. All right. Um, Ray was obviously picked by the saber when the saber called out to her. Well, the crystal. Crystal. Um, and Jin was going through this list of stuff, and there's all this, the, all these things that they had planned, but this, these, these, this data tower was destroyed. Yeah. Which means it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. So that just implies that the Empire doesn't know about it any longer. It it does imply that. It also implies that yet another common IT practice hasn't been followed. <laughs> Where was their off-site backup? Where was the off-site backup? Come on. This is just the this is the ABCs of IT infrastructure. <laughs> off-site backup, data at rest. Come on. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so, so, yes, uh, extremely shoddy workmanship um, on behalf of their technology teams. Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it's all gone though, because um, Sidious, after he um, removed the Jedi. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he moved into the Jedi Temple. And so he made the Jedi Temple an Imperial Which Palace. Which Jedi Temple? The Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Oh. And, and so he made that an Imperial Palace. So that's where he was based during the whole of the... This. 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 Yeah. Um, during the whole of the Empire. Do we see this? No, it's in, it's in the books. Oh, shit. Oh, I'll tell you what. It's in the books and, and this shows you what a flipping Star Wars nerd Seth MacFarlane is. It's also featured in Robot Chicken, which means he reads the fucking books. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the reason he did that was because he wanted to have that symbol of power taken over by the Empire. So Seth the Green. Em- what? Seth Green. Who's Seth Green? Robot Chicken guy. Is it? Yeah. Seth MacFarlane's family guy. Yeah, it's him. Is it? I'm sure it's him who does the um, Emperor's voice. Oh, right. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it not? Uh, Seth Green created it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Seth MacFarlane is the Emperor. Yeah. You get on with it, I'll tell everybody your clan crying about Padamami. <laughs> Uh, so symbol of power emperor moves to the thing Jedi temple the real reason is because Sidious wanted to jump downstairs and dive into the Jedi archives and get his hands on everything so I don't think that Scarif was a big loss to him because he's got all the archives in the Jedi temple um, which he learnt from for years and years he knew all the things all the things I can see questions forming on your mind. You know, it's just it's remarkable to me how the, all this—it's all just there, but we haven't been told any of it. It's like 
It's cool, isn't it? It's almost reminiscent of society when they're hiding <laughs> everything from you. <laughs> no, it's it's brilliant. I just I think it's so the it's almost like uh, I'm gonna kind of refer to comic books again. The amount of stories that they can tell, but they just don't. Yeah, is amazing. Um, but it just it kind of almost gets you excited for what they are going to tell. Um, but it, it sucks as well because they've got, you know, they only have two hours to tell a story and what are they going to put in that story? You know, are they going to put the, like the most important things or are they going to make their own story up? And I'd like them to now finish off all of this lightsaber prick tease with a scene where Luke teaches Ray how to do the thing, which sounds really awkward. But what I'm talking about is take apart and rebuild a lightsaber with her mind. Therefore, reveal the crystal and the inner workings and then put it back together because that's the most basic skill that she needs. Well, that's the final skill she needs to learn. Vader told us that in Return of the Jedi when he seemed to imply that Luke's training was complete because he'd built himself a new lightsaber. Because it seems to say that, number one, he's bonded with a crystal, or number two, he's able to manufacture a crystal, and number three, he's able to control the components of the saber well enough with his mind to build the thing, and number four, he has he's somehow had access to the knowledge that teaches him how to do it. Now, when you put all those things together, yes, the saber then becomes a manifestation of completion of training that's what we want for Ray now so excited okay that's I'm glad this is an audio podcast wow well I'm glad you're excited is all I'm going to say no it's brilliant it makes <laughs> uh, it makes me I've just sent you an email requesting the Star Wars books again I, uh, makes me want to kind of pick it up and, and kind of read all of them and before the next one comes out because I kind of I want to know the story. I want to know the universe. I'm worried about the Bothans. Are they in short supply? Apparently many Bothans died to get <laughs> the Death Star plans. But, but, but Kushal, you said there weren't any Bothans in Rogue One. Well, apparently Bothans are like dog-type creatures hmm. that help build the Death Star. But Kushal, doesn't that mean that Galen would have had to be a, a Bothan? He would have to be a doggy, a big doggy. And Jin would have to be a little puppy doggy. But they weren't. What does that mean? Are they excluding races again? I think that the Star Wars genocide has... The, the Star Wars xenophobic genocide continues. Um, they have eliminated an entire race, possibly, from the storyline. Killed Mace Windu? What? <laughs> <laughs> no. But yes, okay, that, no, it's not what I'm, I mean, when I say xenophobic genocide, I'm talking about actual aliens, not other types of humans. The Empire is blatantly racist. They just like humans. They don't seem to trust these dodgy aliens. So there's a rejection of diversity there, except for my favorite Grand Admiral and yours, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, Everyone needs to say, well, you stop talking about Thrawn. It's expanded the universe. Shut up. Just watch the films. Enjoy it. Stop being a nerd. Fuck you. Thrawn just appeared in Rebels. I read about this. Thrawn I is in Rebels. 
I started reading an article on him on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. But it was too long, so I stopped reading. <laughs> Literally. Have you read this thing? It is no. it's so long. I mean, long for a web page anyway, but um, I was kind of sk- uh, skimming through and I saw screenshots and I saw a screenshot of him in Rebels. If they've collated all the stuff about Thrawn into one page, it's going to be long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I read that it's what, officially part of canon now because he's... Because he's in Rebels. Right. Which cool, is cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, do, any more shit you want to talk about for Star Wars? I mean, I, I, I could talk about Star Wars till the next oh, yeah, episode. I know. I know. But I won't do that. Um, I, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy that you kind of got the main point in, which is lightsabers. I think I think it's all about lightsabers. Um, I'm happy with that. I think we should round off with like a top something of the I'm, I'm really feeling you dance but I don't yeah. know what you're talking about top something of the year top 10 top 5 of the year okay uh, oh shit I've just pressed a button are we still recording we're still recording what the hell was that I pressed oh screen goes white when you press escape alright <laughs> sure about, let's do that how about out of the films that we've watched because I know we had a discussion about this and we can't do like a top five or ten of the year because we haven't seen all of them i've seen all of them oh nearly um but let's do of the top let's say of the what of the films that we've seen this year the tv series that we've seen this year top five suicide squad what no not really (laughs) in fact not even slightly not even in the top 100 i tell you what my number one would be Oh man, it's so difficult. Go on. Might be somewhat controversial. Yeah. Civil War. Why is that controversial? It's a great film. That's my number one. Why is that controversial? I'm trying to think what else came out this year. I mean, I knew it would be a comic film, so that's not controversial. <laughs> Adulthood was going to be my it, number two. Is your top five all comic films? No, no. <laughs> Don't sausage, sausage body. Don't just in make there. it up now. Sausage body's in there. Sausage body. <laughs> sausage body. Yeah. Sausage body. And let me tell you why is I put Civil War in there. Okay. Now, it's because it's comic film. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so look, real talk, real talk. Um, <laughs> everything prior to Civil War um, was we were all kind of anticipating all this all this happening um, and Civil War was the culmination of all the events that occurred prior to this film and when everything did happen it was like an explosion went off in my pants um, wow okay um, it was <laughs> what <laughs> do you actually know are you listening to the words You know that this gets broadcast to people out in the world. It's cool. It's cool, though. Do you do that in your video? No. On your vlog? No, I don't. Oh, that's good. Just abuse my media. It would It would explain why no one watches it. <laughs> okay, explosion went off in your pants. Yeah, tell me more. Um, no, for real, though. It's, um, everything about this film was reminiscent. You know, there were, there were so many uh, head nods to... Uh, the comic book arc that that it was based on, okay. Um, 
several splash screens that happened. So there was a bit in the, in the airport in uh, Berlin um, where they were all kind of running towards each other. And I do think if I've been as excited as I was when I watched that, um, then there was that. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. From then like there, yeah, and covers. Then was, right. And then there was the, um, when Captain America and Iron Man are fighting. That is easily one of the most emotional scenes in a Marvel film that I've ever seen. Um, these two were the best of friends, you know, love-hate relationship kind of thing, but when they were kind of fighting and they were beating the shit out of each other, it yeah. was one of the best best scenes in Marvel films I've seen so far. Um, then that one scene where Iron Man uses repulsor beams on Captain S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's framed within that rock. Yes, yeah. It's just like it is in the comic book and it was brilliant. It was just that that scene alone was worth the film it was good it was good now can i talk about that scene yeah, and, please, and talk about why i'm agreeing with you okay that not only was that a great scene and it was a great film but why okay because all the other films were leading up to those this film everything else was being put together and it wasn't the action and it wasn't the establishment of these no superheroes it was in a in a character arcs mm -hmm. and in fact you watch the inciting moments hit both iron man and captain america yep. very early on mm. with these laws being laid down saying no you you can't do that mm. you can't and and some people say yes you can and some people say no you can't and and those whether you should go outside of the law and do something whether you should have that level of power, whether you should or shouldn't take responsibility, whether you should accept collateral damage in your military action, because that's what it is, to try and keep the world safe, mm. is at the core of their characters, is at the core of their lives, is at the core of their work, what they do, who they are, the type of uh, superpower or capability they've developed in and of themselves. One is a symbol. And the other one is a, is literally an embodiment of a weapon. Hmm. And so they united both the physical, the storylines, the backgrounds, and the inner character arcs to reach a point of conflict at the same time as the story, as the action physical story reached a point of hmm. conflict. But what was more important was that their inner character arcs, their, the story of where they, who they were as people, how they were changing and how they were making decisions about who they are or how they wanted to continue in the future, that bit of conflict reached its climax at exactly the same point as the physical climax. Yep. Physical climax. I just said physical climax. <laughs> For fuck's sake. There you go. Yep. That's enough story theory. Yeah, um, yeah, but that, that's the reason it was so good because yep. you, that's, that's the reason you've, you're having um, problems in your underpants. Yep. That's, yep. Be <laughs> because all these things are happening at once yeah. and therefore it's taking you for a physical and emotional ride <laughs> <laughs> best best film discussion ever oh man your turn <laughs> you mean my turn what do you want me to talk about okay should we just do one like a top top film of the year that was my top film of the year I think oh man that's so hard I don't know what came out this year. You have to help me. Um, adulthood. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, arrival, arrival, arrival. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, okay. So, you yeah, know, we didn't talk about this. You told me why. You you said you'd had a sudden 
epiphany about this film, but you didn't tell me why. You didn't explain why you liked it so much. It's the colours. It was so grey. Oh, it's lovely. Grey, grey everywhere, grey. It's an eerie film. Really eerie film, but I enjoyed it. But tell me why you, you liked it so much. One hour into this film, I was looking at my watch thinking, what the fuck is going on? This story is not going anywhere. There's no actual sort of... For those, sorry, for, for, to, for those of you who don't know, me and Gushal go to watch films regularly. And every, every time we go watch a film, he is periodically looking at his watch like, <laughs> well, well, you know, where, where are we at the point in the story? He's calculating the points of the story. And this is remarkable to watch. I would sit there... <laughs> Happily not watch a film and watch him watch his watch. Really? Yeah, it's entertaining as hell. Because you watch the film, you look up to the ceiling and you're like, what the fuck? And you're like, ah, nope, yep, it's happening. Sorry, continue. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> didn't realise it was so obvious. I was trying to do it discreetly. Um, <laughs> okay, yes, yes. So this film flummoxed me. I was looking at my watch and I was thinking, uh, we're about an hour in and it doesn't seem to have been like a, a sort of a key plot point here. There's no key event. Um, there's like this incitement. There's a thing that's happened and taken her into this other world, but then it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And she seems to be really rubbish at her job. <laughs> She's not really getting this language. Obviously, if you haven't seen the film, stop listening to me. Um Actually, no, I've not given away any spoilers. Yeah, there's no spoilers. There's no spoilers. And I'm not going to give any, I'm not going to give any away. Basically, what happens is nothing for a long time. <laughs> and then, but it, you don't get bored. You find it intriguing. It's, it's interesting. And you think there's something going on here that I don't get, but I can't put my finger on it. And it gets more and more interesting, the actual sort of, um, milieu, you know, the the context they're describing with these aliens. And then suddenly it starts to pick up pace. And in the last quarter of the film, it picks up pace. Some events happen and you think, oh, okay, this is, this is, must be the story. I'm going to, and I, I remember thinking sort of three quarters of the way through, oh, I know what's going to happen and it's going to be really boring and I can't believe what the big deal is. And then it ends. And as it ends, suddenly all the all the story points, all the plot points, the, the the key event, everything clicks into place, and the entire story forms in your mind. And I thought this was amazing. This was such a brilliant um, uh, twist on um, storytelling, and how the things put together so that all the seeds are put in place, but nothing's given to you on a spoon. In fact, forget not not given to you on a spoon. It's hidden somewhere and you can't see it, but you know it's there. And then you get to the end of the film and it all clicks together. And uh, for about three hours, I was like, huh? Uh, what? Oh my God. What? I, I couldn't even decide if it was a good film or not. And then I thought, no, that was brilliant. The whole point, the whole um, reaction that I had for so long that got me thinking so much and made me think about stuff in my life as well because it starts to hit you on a very deep level towards the towards the end of this film um is the reason i think it was the best film this year because it was different it was insightful it was personal it wasn't moralistic and yet it was extremely um thought-provoking and made you reflect on your whole life and uh if there's something 
you want to do at the beginning of the year and you haven't seen this film and you want to think about this last whole year that's gone by, watch Arrival. I should get money for this plug, man. It's getting good. That was, that was probably one of the best <laughs> roundups of a film you've ever done. It was emotional. Good. That was good. No, no, it was good. And Akush was right. It, I think it is representative of this year, almost. Yeah. In so many ways. Um, but that was good. It's a good film. But it's based on a book. Wow. Um, that must have been a boring book. <laughs> Can you imagine reading that for three months, thinking there's nothing happening in this fucking book. But I'm going to keep reading it because there's something going on. It's actually based off a short story. Yeah. Uh, it's called A Story of Your Life by Ted Chang. Well, if it's a short story, then I'm sure it was good and not boring. By D- Doug Chang. It won several awards. Who who wrote it? Ted Chang. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, well... Someone could, have, someone could have watched a film by now because that's one and a half hours. Shit, there we go. All right, well, um, that was a... It felt like a really long year. So we finished it with a really long episode. It's 10 episodes, though. We're, are we doing seasons each year? Uh, yeah, can oh, we do. Should. They're just kind of... What's different? Different theme song. Oh. that excites me I, I, I don't know i don't know i now just get worried when you get excited because i don't know what's happening physiologically we could change the theme. we can change the theme song okay no change it we'll change it yes all right well um thank you for listening to us throughout 2016 um you know we we joke about people not listening to the podcast but obviously we can see you know however small or large the number is we can see people are listening to the podcast and thank you to those who do listen to the podcast um whether it is for the first 10 minutes or the last 10 minutes doesn't matter you are supporting us in some kind of way and you know at the same time whilst this is an experiment for both of us to develop our way of speaking or develop our film analysis or whatever it is the other reason we're doing it for uh we thank you and um we look forward to another year of of nonsense talking um, Star Wars and comic book filled <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another year of being ourselves and doing the podcast that we want to do rather than one that we're told to do by Casper the Mattress People or, uh, <laughs> or <laughs> thinkgeek.com <laughs> or any, any other completely unrelated sponsor. Um, to 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 the stuff that we talk about absolutely all right so to finish off if you like this check us out on itunes hit subscribe and add us to your collection um or us on stitcher if that's Boo. your thing what Boo. what stitcher oh shit wait what was it again why i'll tell you after oh was that oh it's fine some people like it they like listening to low quality shit covered in adverts shit yeah no yeah fuck i got that Damn it, Stitcher. We're both on, we're both on Twitter. If, you, if, that, if we're both on Twitter, so you can find me. Twitcher. <laughs> at, at Movieville Kazan. That's M-O-V-I-E-V-I-L-L-E-K-A-Z-E-D. And Kushel 
at at Kushal Joshi. That'll be it from us this year. We'll see you in the next life. What? <laughs> no. I just, I'm very worried about you today now. I hope we see you again in the new year. In the meantime, happy Christmas, happy, happy Christmas Hanukkah, yeah, happy yeah, holidays, happy and have a great new Woo. year. Thank you, you will see us. He's fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.